Welcome to the Contractor Success Map Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Hart, and I'm an expert on how you can get the most out of your contracting company. The reason I designed this show is to help you turn your contracting company from a people-dependent money pit into a process-dependent cash cow to have the freedom you dreamed of when you start your business. Every Friday, we're releasing podcasts with information to help you get the most out of your contracting company. Be sure to join us at www.contractorsuccessmap.com and subscribe to receive our latest articles and special offers. And the best part, it's all free, just for you. This podcast is episode number 221, and it will be about highly profitable contractors continually adapt to change. See, every time the phone rings, you need to be willing to answer a simple question. What do they need and how far are you willing to drive to bid the job and do the work? Some types of work accepted or rejected uh, may be based on the location of the job or by the state license. When starting out, one of the first decisions they made is, what type of contractor am I? This decided during the process of the contractor talking to the bonding company, the insurance company, and the state licensing board who approves your company contractor license, and that sort of thing. The primary questions you need to answer for yourself are, what level of exposure, risk, and your skills are you willing to endure? How do you want to do these projects? Are you comfortable being a handyman? Are you comfortable being a trade or specialty contractor? Are you most comfortable being a general contractor? Do you see yourself as a remodel contractor? Are you actually more comfortable just being a home builder, spec or custom? Perhaps you're someone who enjoys commercial work and like to do some commercial TI or what's called tenant improvement work, which generally takes place at, uh, at the malls, those different businesses inside the malls, and other small commercial projects. Well, let me help you out here because there's a phrase that I've coined several years ago, um, back in the, the 90s, and I call it the four types of contractors. And this has come from many, many years in construction. I grew up in a construction family. So here's the, the most prevalent and the biggest type of contractor demographic there is on earth. Dog and pickup truck. Now, this wonderful soul has a heart as big as all outdoors and likes working alone. They're easy to get along, along with, easy to get to know, and the easier to have a pickup truck or a van with a dog sitting in a passenger seat, hanging and sitting out the window, watching and occasionally barking hello to folks and their dogs while breezing down the road as a contractor heads to the next project. Now these contractors do not think about retirement, and when you ask them about retirement, they reply I get most often is something to the nature of, retire? Nope, I don't need new tires yet. These contractors enjoy being their own boss, doing what they want to do, living how they want to live, they work hard, and they typically do not feel the need or desire to grow their business or hire employees, since that would only get in the way. Most of them run their business as a sole proprietor, and they generally earn between twenty and 40000 a year after all expenses. Nothing wrong with that. Good contractor. Good people. The second type of contractor out there across the world is what I call salt of the earth. This wonderful soul also has a big heart, but just not quite as big as all outdoors. 
Now, they like having employees because they don't want to work alone. As their business grows, they like to take time off and travel and enjoy vacations. These contractors have one, two, or three employees. Because when the employees get out of line, the contractor can hold two of them by the throat and eyeball, I'm sorry, by the throat, one in each hand, and eyeball a third one. This is called construction management using the seagull method. In case you're not familiar with that method, uh, the seagulls tend to fly in, um, relieve themselves everywhere. In other words, they crap and everything, and they fly out. So that's typical seagull management. Now, this group will usually invest some money to build a retirement nest egg, but not a whole lot. Most of them operate their business either a C Corp, an LLC, or a sub S. Now, they generally earn somewhere between 40 to 60,000 a year under all expenses. Again, good people. We've got, I got a lot of friends who are salt of the earth, and I just love them. They're good, good people. The third level of contractor is what I like to refer to as the professional. Now, this wonderful soul also has a big heart. They just tend to keep it undercover. This group tends to have more employees and have a structured approach to their construction company, treating it more like a firm than a contracting company. These contractors tend to have between 1 and 20 employees, and they have formal organization charts, processes, and systems in their contracting company. And they also have an, a formal documented business plan, which is updated and reviewed regularly. They're a big fan of what I like to call the board advisors, and you can get more on that subject at www.fasteasyaccounting forward slash B-O-A. There's a really good article on what a board of advisors is as opposed to a board of directors. And contractors need a board of advisors. Now, the professional groups, they invest heavily in the marketing. They market their business up one side and down the other. They understand their target market. They use the 80-20 rule to understand the demographic and psychographics of their prime customer. The prime customer is the one who generates 80% of all the cash and income. And typically, they're only 20% of their customer base. So they seek to acquire more of the prime customer and do whatever is economically feasible to turn those customers into lifetime repeat business. And that's really easy to do. It's called service agreements. And we'll discuss that sometime later. This group usually engages in the services of a competent financial planner, banker, and accountant to work together to help them plan and develop a financial estate that can take care of them in their senior years and leave something to be passed on to future generations. Now, most of these contractors operate as a C corporation, an LLC, a sub S, or even a partnership. We find that generally those contractors earn somewhere uh, 100000 a year plus after all expenses. The fourth type of contractor is called the enterprise level. These construction firms have 100 or more employees and generate enormous revenues in the hundreds of millions of dollars a year to the billions of dollars a year. Most of the owners and managers earn about the same as a well-run professional contractor, about 100000 plus. In a lot of cases, their lifespan is shorter than any of the other contractors due to the enormous stress they suffer trying to navigate their construction companies through the ups and downs and the morass of the business cycle and government 
interference. The managers of these companies, they deal with all kinds of issues that are beyond anything that previous groups even think about, including labor unions, government oversight, massive risks, and are constantly under pressure to increase shareholder value at any cost. Now, unfortunately, this particular group, they suffer under the weight of Seagull management more than any other group because all too often a board member or a powerful outside influence without a clear understanding of all the moving parts involved in running this type of company feels the compelling need to fly in, crap on everything and everyone in their crazy ideas, I used to say with their crazy ideas, and fly off leaving a disaster to unfold. And when things go bad, the managers are the ones who most likely pay the price. The odd thing is, it always looks like a fun job until someone gets into it. Having worked with a few of these firms, I understand the enormous pressure they're under, and they decided my life is too short to spend one more minute with them. All I can do is pray for their managers and ask that all of them will receive some type of divine guidance to stop them from making long-term decisions like suicide or worse based on short-term problems. It is a real problem there. It's a tough, tough game. So, just for the record, I am sincerely concerned about the health, wealth, and spiritual well-being of all contractors, and I have found the other three types of contractors, the dog and pickup truck, salt of the earth, and professional. All the successful ones are well-grounded spiritually, mentally, and physically. However, I'm aware of the special challenges of running an enterprise construction company, and I sincerely ask you as a friend someone you may not have met, may never meet on this plane of existence, that you will seek the goodness of an everlasting and ever-loving God wherever you conceive him to be, so we can meet in the future in a better place and time. If you're a contractor, it's not about the, the type of contractor you are, how many employees you have, how much money you earn, how many toys you have. It's all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Be the type of contractor that suits you. Do the work, You'll have the results and enjoy yourself. There's a quick randomism I'll stick in here. It's called Be Do Have. Be the person. Do the work. You will have the results. And the final observation I will share about these four contractors is that all contractors, including the enterprise contractors, all contractors deserve to be wealthy because you bring value to other people's lives and don't let anyone tell you differently. Now, moving forward, the rules for contractors do vary by state. In several states, the size of the job, the size of the job dictates the type of license required. Pretty much everywhere, anyone can start as a handyman and work up to being a general contractor they so desire. Um, I'm going to put a plug in for handyman. We have a lot of handyman contractors we do outsource bookkeeping for, and I never cease to be amazed how much money a good handyman can make. And I know of a few of them that are making over six figures. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, way to make a, a nice living. As you may know, there are especially licenses required for plumbers, electricians, HVAC, most mechanical trades. And again, plumbers, electricians, and HVAC, mechanical trades, start as apprentices and work their way up to German status. So what kind of construction work do you want to do? Are you interested more in residential, commercial, commercial tenant improvement, service repair, perhaps new construction, 
remodels. It's just a couple of quick areas. So once you figure out what you want to do, the next step is consulting your state requirements and skills. The next decision you need to ask yourself is where do you want to do it? It's all about location, location, location. So are you in a big city, a medium city, a bedroom community, a large town, a small town, or even the country? So you consider is travel time. In a small town, you usually have to travel farther to jobs than in a big city. In a big city, it's not practical to spend hours of windshield time versus choosing closer jobs. Bad traffic and travel time can kill your business. The travel time is a part of overhead, and in most cases, it's not billable to the customer. And that overhead can kill your business. So make a determination how far you want to travel. What a lot of contractors do is they'll get a map, um, put a pen where their location is, and draw a circle around that pen. It can be miles, kilometers, whatever makes sense to you, and you determine how far you want to travel. Because the question is, how far are you willing to drive to get the job? How long are you willing to be stuck in traffic? Because choosing the time of day is important as choosing where to travel. You know, I was watching the news this morning, um, and we're here in the Seattle area, and it was saying between two cities in the Seattle area, southbound on the freeway, travel time was 82 minutes. Northbound, between the same two cities, the travel time was 23 minutes. So when a call comes in, you are, for lack of a better term, you're on the hot seat. You might want to say, yes, I will come no matter what it is, where it is, and do the job. But the reality is that may never be practical. You're always doing a fast filter trying to decide to get more information about the job, to have enough information to let it go or bid it. That's the decision you make. The question you might want to ask yourself is, are you skilled to do what the customer would like? Is the job something you would normally do? Is the job the right size of job? And again, where is it located? And there's an old maxim that says, stick to your knitting. Well, it's kind of a silly saying, but you know what? It works. Find out what you're good at. Stick with it. You'll get rich in a niche. That's all there is to it. If you finish a job in a neighbor down the street, and that job comes over and asks you or across the street, asks you to come look at what they've got, you're more likely to say yes. I'll see you next because you're right there. A small job might have potential of becoming a larger project, and you won't know unless you go take a look. And I really encourage you to take a look at www.fasteasyaccounting.csp because that stands for Contractor Six-Pack Marketing Secret. And that's a really important concept. Um, and I, I've written about it extensively. And if, if you want to make some extra money, um, some serious money, that Contractor Six-Pack Marketing Secret at www dot fast easy accounting dot com forward slash csp very very powerful um, now either the job is much smaller than what you expect again you're more likely to say yes because you're right there if that same person called you and you're 82 minutes away in bad traffic you might have a different answer so just starting out as a contractor you'll have you're more likely to be willing to work in all sizes of jobs contractors in smaller towns do a little bit of everything from service repair and leaky faucets to kitchen and bath remodels to whole house remodels to tenant improvements and new construction. Why are they more flexible? It's because the work is not so plentiful. 
if you have a broad skill base and willing to do to work on just about anything to make a decent living. In the bigger cities, they would be a general contractor. In a smaller community, it's called being a generalist. A word of caution about working almost exclusively for a single contractor if you're a subcontractor, trade contractor, especially contractor. That's a siren song. Working exclusively with a single contractor. It seems easy. There's a lot of work coming in, and I'm asked, why do I work for other contractors? Well, the short answer is taxes and penalties. Every state government, workers' comp, state employment, is looking for additional tax revenue. If you're working for a single contractor, that state may classify you as an employee. The penalties issued and payroll issued and payroll taxes are due. We recommend strongly you do what we call play within the lines or color within the lines. Because the explanation of the taxing agency across the USA and probably around the world is you have a contractor's license only to avoid paying payroll taxes. Of course, once a state agency determines that you're an employee, the IRS will also own payroll taxes and they pass your name along and it's very unhappy. It's a real tough situation. The downside working for a single contractor, everything is great as long as you're getting along. What is the contractor suddenly doesn't like you? Decides to discount your invoices, refuses to pay you. You can go from a situation where you have a stable contact situation to, oh crap, now what am I going to do? I recommend all small contractors, especially those who work primarily as a trade contractor, to find several general contractors to work for in your primary, as your primary source of income. Now, the next step is to find other retail customers. Work in neighborhood, neighborhood of existing and previous jobs. If you have only small bits of time, go look for some small jobs. Help the senior citizen in the neighborhood. Get to know people. Why? You're looking to increase your customer base, your headcount. You need to document that you're not working for one single contractor. Ask for referrals of other contractors. Everyone has jobs that are too big or too small for what they're doing. Working together with other general and trade contractors to find customers, you can avoid being classified as an employee by the state, local, or federal government agencies. It's really important. Another part of the rules is to document you're operating a real business. Advertise. Have a website. Get business cards. Hand out flyers. The next piece of advice is have an outside accountant and make sure that accountant also has a business license. Again, you're documenting that you're in business. You're not working under the table as a 1099 employee. Think, save a little, plan a lot. The economy always has peaks and valleys. It's called a business uh, cycle. It runs about every seven years. There's roughly speaking, not exact, but roughly speaking, seven years of building prosperity and seven years of uh, decline in, uh, shall we say, not necessarily uh, depression, but recession. So, peaks and valleys. About every seven years, the cycle repeats itself. And I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that nobody expected the last recession to last as long as it did or impact as many people. And just for the record, this podcast is being um, recorded in, in June of 2017. In the last recession, I think it, it began somewhere around 2008, 2009. It lasted a lot longer than seven years. It was brutal. So, enough said. 
contractors were hit hardest because there was a domino effect. Banks stopped lending, they called loans due, contractors couldn't pay or get paid. Now, many of you listening to this podcast are foreign contractors and just now thinking about getting back in the construction business. In a former life, they had lots of employees and a full accounting staff. In many cases, contractors are left with huge debts and long-term payment plans to the IRS. We hear from contractors every day who, quote, had issues, unquote. We hear from contractors who sold everything had been coasting nicely the last few years. Some contractors who are starting over just want a little help. For them, gone are the days of high-end accounting software and a huge payroll. The high-end accounting software still exists, and when I say high-end accounting software, that's the software that usually starts about 50000 and goes up to tens of millions of dollars a year. Um, contractors love the price of under $500 one-time cost accounting software like QuickBooks, but they may struggle with having to make choices of dealing with fewer reports than their customer working with. What is not there is a contractor who remembers the pain of yesterday having the willingness to immediately step up and purchase an expensive accounting software when starting over. Because of starting over, going back to where the larger contractors were before is usually not the first choice and may not be feasible from a credit or cash flow standpoint. Other contractors are downsizing from specialty accounting software to QuickBooks desktop accounting software, and some poor souls are trying to make QuickBooks Online work. Well, bless your hearts, I love QuickBooks. I've used QuickBooks since 1991 when it first came out. And QuickBooks Online is a great little program, but it just doesn't have all the power of the QuickBooks desktop software. So I really recommend you use the QuickBooks desktop accounting software. And we support a, a lot of contractors all across USA by using the QuickBooks desktop accounting software in a remote hosted environment. So we're in Linwood, Washington, just north of Seattle. And we have clients all over the place, and clients in Florida, clients in uh, in New Jersey, and, and Maine, and the East Coast, and California, and Texas, and you know, Alaska, Hawaii. And they can all dial in to the web-enabled device, and you'll be able to see your QuickBooks desktop on the web. It's fantastic. It's, it's actually hosted in what's called a, uh, an Intuit approved commercial hosting service. Any event, enough said. Another change we see is that contractors are looking for more specialty trade contractors, where before it was all in-house employees. So a lot of general contractors are doing that. They're saying, you know what, we're going to subcontract out to specialty trade contractors rather than having it all in-house. As a contractor, you want to get paid easier and faster. The answer is to have a standalone invoice or a web-based invoice that you can easily understand. And use builders, general contractors, homeowners just want to be able to understand your invoice and pay you. And by the way, customers want to pay using their credit card. The harder it is for the customer to understand what to do, the longer it takes to get paid. Have you laid out your payment schedule? Is it due on completion? By date or by milestone project? Nobody likes to receive a story problem. But they have to figure out how much to pay you. An example is a long-winded email as an estimate proposal, invoice, and payment receipt. Well, if you're wondering, 
The answer is yes, we can help. We set up QuickBooks and we maintain QuickBooks. We set up QuickBooks for more than 100 types of contractors and we maintain QuickBooks for um, a lot of contractors. We'd enter the previous kind data from usually read date, continue ongoing bookkeeping services. We use QuickBooks desktop in a cloud environment. It is optional for you to have access to the QuickBooks file. If you want access, we can set it up. If you don't, you don't have to have it. We'll still do the bookkeeping. With our processes and add-on software, we make it easier for our clients to send access documents and reports, and we literally serve over 100 types of contractors. I'll just read off a couple, three of them. We've we worked with brand new construction companies, trade contractors, builders, uh, tenant improvement contractors, you name it. So just that simple. And you can take a peek um, at, for the contractor who likes to do it themselves, we also have a, a um, to better assist you, we, we have a fast, easy accounting store. And you can actually buy the chart of accounts that we use. You can, there's hundreds of charts of accounts for different contractors, depending on who you are, electrician, plumber, drywaller, demolition, you name it. And that's found at www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com. And that's for the convenience of clients who want to do their own bookkeeping and just need an additional chart of accounts, an item list, and other things that make their QuickBooks file work more efficiently. But we're looking forward to being of assistance, and I hope you enjoy your day. Also, I hope this podcast helps you understand that outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services to us is more than just about doing the bookkeeping. It's about taking a holistic approach to your entire construction company and helping support you as a contractor and as a person. We understand the good, the bad, and the ugly about owning and operating construction companies because we've had several of them, and we sincerely care about you and your construction company. Well, that's all I have for now. Please be the honor of commenting or reading a podcast and whatever medium you're listening to it on, and I thank you in advance. Contractors like you deserve you wealthy because you bring value to other people's lives. And this is one more example of how, con- how fast, easy accounting is helping construction company owners all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii, put more money in the bank to operate and grow your construction company. Construction accounting is not rocket science. It's a lot harder than that and a lot more valuable to people like you. So please stop missing out. By the way, if you'd like to learn what makes a construction accounting different from regular accounting, please visit www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash CA and please feel free to call Sherry 206-361-3950 or email her S-H-A-R-I-E at fasteasyaccounting.com and schedule your no charge one hour consultation. Public contractors and construction company owners have known about the value of outsourced bookkeeping services and contractor coaching services like ours for a very long time. And now you know about it too. By the way, if you're thinking about outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services, you're invited to download a guide to find the right contractor bookkeeping service to fit your particular situation. You can find that at www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash HS. Well, thank you very much. I hope you understand we really do care about you and all contractors, regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services. Bye for now.
to our next episode here in the Contractor Success Map Podcast, where we remove contractors' unique paperwork frustrations. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on how to turn your contracting company into a process-dependent cash cow. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Contractor Success Map. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star rating and review here on iTunes. And make sure to head over to www.contractorsuccessmap.com to subscribe to receive the latest articles and special offers. If you'd like to discuss your business strategy, simply click on the button labeled Strategy Session. And the best part, it's all free just for you.